0: Hello and welcome to episode 68 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast, where you'll always find enthusiastic, data-driven fantasy baseball analysis and strategy. I am your host, Toby. Uh, Today was opening day. It was like Christmas uh, for the most part, except all of my teams were horrendous. Literally, like my best ranked team right now is 8th. I have a number of teams that I think may be in like last place in the main event. Uh, So not a great day for me personally, but a wonderful day for fantasy baseball and for baseball in general. Really, really excited uh, for the season. Today's show is going to be a very short one. Just really wanted to touch touch on some things that I noticed in opening day lineups uh, and for some pitchers that I found intriguing. A couple guys uh, to kind of pay a little bit more attention to or potentially go to your fab, wire, uh, fab or waiver wire, depending on how uh, competitive your league is or how deep it is, um, and whether you do those daily or uh, on the weekend. But uh, some interesting things, so I cover those. It's a really quick podcast. I'm gonna try to do these towards the beginning of the season, just so that I'm kind of noticing different trends or highlighting things that I'm finding interesting or players that you should be taking note of. I also hope to do a waiver wire podcast on a weekly basis, kind of highlighting some guys that I'm interested in looking at based on uh, some skills and and recent trends. So hope you enjoy uh, that a lot. Um, you can reach me as always on Twitter at batflipcrazy. Um, that's the best place to reach me at. I'm, I'm in a couple of other places, but you can just hit me up there. I also have my website batflipcrazy.com where I dropped my bold predictions for the 2019 season. So if you didn't see those on my Twitter, definitely head over there, check those out, or go to the Twitter and check those out. Yeah. Really exciting. Opening day, a lot of interesting things happening, a lot of interesting lineups, a lot of interesting pitching matchups, a lot of terrible lineups, that is for sure. Marlins, Giants, D-backs, Royals, White Sox, you name it, Tigers, I mean, uh, there's bad lineups everywhere and so a lot of decent pitching matchups, although I seem to have every single guy who blew up on the the mound. So anyways, uh, let's get this party started. Before diving into each one of the lineups, I just wanted to touch a little bit on what you should be looking for um, as we start the season. Obviously, we're dealing with very, very small sample sizes. And a lot of times, uh, we feel um, a need to make really quick changes or uh Change what our projections were on players based on a very, very small sample. I would highly caution against doing that unless there are certain circumstances that make it clear that this is not the same player uh, that you were either expecting or that we had gotten in the past. And so some of the things that I am looking at and I'm going to cover in the podcast is number one, where players are batting in the lineup. Uh, a change in lineup means more plate appearances or fewer plate appearances. Uh, if you're in an NL lineup and you move to eighth, you know it could mean fewer stolen bases for a speedster because uh, the starting pitcher is likely going to be bunting him over uh, if he's on first base. Um, you know, lineup is all about opportunity, and so you're looking for guys who already have the skills or you think might have the skills who are going to get a better opportunity. Or guys who maybe you think are going to have a worse opportunity. And that's one reason why you may want to change. Now you don't want to do that based on one day and one lineup, but you do want to notice if there are particular trends. Like if a guy is batting eighth for the first three or four games of the season, then you know when a lefty's in and a righty's in, then that probably means that that might be where the manager sees them for at least the next little bit in the season. And you may want to adjust uh, accordingly. And then with pitchers, what you're really looking for at this point in the season is velocity, uh, major changes in uh, velocity. Uh, are something that you want to notice from last season or from spring training. Uh, pitch mix changes, so if a pitcher is fading a pitch or throwing another pitch more, uh, especially if it's a better pitch they're throwing more and a, a worse pitch that they're fading or for some reason they're not throwing their best pitch, uh, those are things that you want to want to notice. So those are primarily going to be the things that I highlight in this podcast. I just wanted to throw that out there at the beginning. Don't make any drastic changes make any huge trades, uh, anything like that based on one game, even one, one week's worth of games, unless there is some uh, overwhelmingly compelling reason to do so. So that's the little caveat that I'm going to put in here before I dive into the uh, lineups uh, you know, game by game. Uh, so let's, let's hop to that right now. All right, let's hop right in. What I'm gonna do is go through each one of the games that was played on opening day and just provide a few takeaways. I'm gonna go through uh, really quickly just to kind of bring up some of the highlights and mention mostly some lineup related issues that will impact the opportunity that different players have if you know the, the lineup position is maintained and then touch on a couple pitchers that I found interesting in terms of their performance. So let's start off with the Red Sox versus the Mariners. Um, A couple notes on the Red Sox lineup. Uh, Rafael Devers was batting third despite uh, going up against Marco Gonzalez, who's a lefty. So that's just something to consider. Joey Cora has mentioned, or Alex Cora, Joey Cora, White Sox of White Sox fame. Uh, Alex Cora has said that uh, Steve Pierce uh, will bat third. Uh, against lefties when he's healthy. So that's just something to keep in mind for those of you who are stashing Pierce uh, on your DL. Xander Bogarts was batting fifth as a result of Devers batting third. You know, still plenty of opportunity for RBI, maybe a few less plate appearances, Uh, just something to consider for Bogarts there. For the Mariners against a lefty, uh, Mitch Haniger was actually batting leadoff, which is really interesting. Malik Smith batting seventh and D Gordon batting ninth. So just take that into consideration as you think about uh, the Mariners. Next up, we have the Orioles against the Yankees. Uh, Dwight Smith Jr. batted second for the Orioles. Um, Just something to note, uh, he did have a pretty, uh, he did have a decent spring, and so it looks like he's going to be getting playing time. So in deeper leagues, he's definitely somebody to monitor and consider. Luke Voigt batting cleanup for the Yankees uh, with... Uh, Gary Sanchez moving, uh, dropping down the lineup to sixth, so something to consider there as well. And then Greg Bird was at first base, but this is likely temporary, I think, when Aaron Hicks comes back. That'll force uh, one of the outfielders, uh, probably Giancarlo Stanton, into the DH role and uh, push Bird out of the lineup on most days, I think. And clearly, with Luke Voigt's first uh, opening day performance, uh, you know I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Moving over to the Mets versus the Nats, uh, we had uh, Pete Alonso batting second in the lineup, uh, which was a little bit of a surprise. Um, or not a surprise in the last couple days, but just if you thought about where you think he might have batted uh, earlier on in spring training. So that will obviously provide him with plenty of opportunity if he's able to capitalize. Ahmed Rosario is batting seventh instead of eighth. Juan Lagares was batting eighth, and that's really critical for Rosario's stolen base totals. When folks bat eighth, oftentimes the pitchers just bunt them over, and so they lose stolen base opportunities. So that'll be a really good thing for Rosario's value if he stays there. He was actually caught stealing today. Uh, Adam Eaton was batting leadoff, followed by Trey Turner, Anthony Rendon, and Juan Soto for the top four in the Washington Nationals lineup. Turner did have three stolen bases, which is a really nice start. It's a great start. He was on base. DeGrom is notoriously... Uh, bad at holding on runners so that's just something to consider with those three stolen bases but great anyways take those to the bank all day long brian dozier batted seventh in front of the pitcher who was batting eighth with victor robles batting ninth that's just something to monitor if dozier is batting seventh in front of the pitcher routinely that is going to impact potentially his stolen base opportunities um you know, which he is a guy who's been, been able to provide double jigs to stolen bases. So that, that could be big there. Uh, Ryan Zimmerman did bat. Uh, he batted fifth in the lineup against a right-handed pitcher. So for anybody who was concerned about a platoon with Matt Adams, uh, you know, obviously that could still happen down the road, but it doesn't look like that is kind of how the Nationals are starting out. Uh, Cards versus Brewers. Um, Goldie was batting second, followed by Paul DeYoung, uh, Zuna, and then Yadier Molina. That's a really nice spot for Molina, batting fifth in front of those guys, as well as DeYoung batting third there. Uh, so really like the the lineup position for those two. Yelich batted second, followed by Ryan Braun, Travis Shaw, Jesus Aguilar, and Mike Mustakas, and Yasmani Grandal after uh, Lorenzo Kane, who is obviously the leadoff hitter there, uh, Orlando Arcia is stuck in the eighth position uh, in front of the pitcher, and that is going to limit his stolen base opportunities. He doesn't have much value to begin with, but you know that will decrease his value even more. And then obviously Josh Hader came in for the two innings pitched save, which for those of you who drafted Hader, not even knowing that he would get an opportunity, uh, potentially. For a ton of saves, uh, this could just be uh, absolute fantasy gold if he stays in this position uh, throughout the year. Uh, Phillies versus Braves, Andrew McCutcheon uh, batting leadoff. Uh, that is, you know, again, uh, nothing new probably, but uh, just something to consider there. Uh, Her- uh, Cesar Hernandez was batting seventh. That definitely impacts his. Um, value overall, uh, but it's nice to see him batting seventh instead of maybe eighth or something like that, where it could have really impacted his ability to steal bases, which is critical to his value. Now he's just looting, losing plate appearances. Yeah, Ender in, in Ciarte batting leadoff for the Braves, Ozzy Albies batting sixth. Acuna in the in the cleanup spot. He did steal a base. I'm not really worried about his ability to steal bases in the Braves lineup, batting cleanup. It's not necessarily a traditional lineup. Normally you have some maybe kind of power guys batting in the fifth and sixth spot. Instead, the Braves have Nick Markakis and Ozzy Albies in the fifth and sixth spot. That means that Acuna is stealing bases to get in scoring position with two, you know, either low to moderate power guys after him. I don't think that's a big issue there. Uh, I think the big issue is going to be Acuna will get a ton of RBIs. I think the runs may be a little bit more scarce than you uh, than you might have thought. Uh, Freddie Freeman also tried to steal a base. He got caught stealing, but that's obviously nice to see. Uh, from Freddy, Julio Teheran, uh, probably the most interesting pitcher for me, uh, uh, along with Marcus Stroman coming at it today. His velocity was up at 91.3 miles per hour. That's nothing to write home about, but last year he was at 90, so he's up about one and a half ticks, which is really nice on his four-seam fastball there. His slider has always been a really effective pitch. He got 14 swinging strikes on 88 pitches total. That's a 15.9% swinging strike rate. Really nice. Um, he threw his slider on 42% of pitches uh, with a 24.3% swinging strike rate. That is awesome to see. So really interesting developments there for Teheran. Obviously, the start did not go super well, uh, but the skills and the velocity at least make him you know, a- an intriguing guy if he's still available in shallower leagues, uh, if the matchup is right. Definitely continue to monitor uh, Teheran moving forward, despite, you know, again, the not great uh, outing. Uh, for the Tigers uh, and the Blue Jays, uh, Josh Harrison led off with uh, Heimer Candelario batting cleanup against a righty. That is really nice news, I think, for Candelario owners if he's in that cleanup, cleanup spot on a regular basis. Jordan Zimmerman is somewhat interesting. And again, with all of these guys, right, it's opening day. It's the first day of the season. You know, don't take anything... Uh, Uh, To heart, really hard. You know, this is just, I'm kind of mentioning guys that are at least intriguing because of a combination of skills and, you know, maybe changes in pitch mix or velocity. Those are, I think, the things that you really want to be looking at early on in the season. With Zimmerman, uh, he threw his fastball on only 35.7% of pitches. That's down from 43% last year, so a decrease of about seven pitches uh, yesterday. Again, it's just one start, but we're looking for trends here. If he continues to do this, it may be something... Uh, that's going to stick. He threw his slider on 41% of pitches after 33.2%, which is really good news because his slider is easily his best pitch. Um, and then he threw his curveball on 21.4% of pitches after 16% last year. So nice to see him moving away uh, away from the fastball since the, his fastball was one of the worst pitches in baseball last year. His overall swinging strike, on, strike rate on the day was 17.1%. Velo down a little bit, so that's a little bit of a bummer. Uh, Brandon Drury batted leadoff with Randall Grichick in the two hole for the Blue Jays. Danny Jansen, a little disappointing, batting eighth. That's not great for him. Teoscar Hernandez and Rowdy Teas in the lineup with uh, Kendris Morales off to Oakland. Um, you know, that should be, I think, a fairly consistent thing uh, for the Blue Jays until Vlad Guerrero. Uh, Jr. comes up, uh, and then I think it's going to be a little bit of musical chairs there. Marcus Stroman did look good. Um, He's one guy that I would kind of uh, consider going to your waiver wire and adding if he isn't already on a team in your league. His fastball was up to 93 miles per hour, which is where he had been uh, before last year, where he, when he was only at 92.3 miles per hour. That is a good sign. He's threw his slider on 35% of pitches, which is up from 30% last year. And he also dropped his sinker usage 5%. That is clearly his uh, worst pitch. Um, so really good signs, because he uh, started throwing his best pitch more, uh, and his velocity is up, and he's throwing his worst pitch, that sinker, less. Um, And he's also uh, faded the four-seam fastball as well. And so just really good uh, news all around there for Stroman. So somebody that you may want to look to add. Again, he was going up like, you know, it's only one game sample size, so don't put too much stock in it. He was going up against the Tigers. I don't expect him to have a great swinging strike rate overall, but there's at least enough here uh, to be interesting Uh, D backs versus Dodgers. Adam Jones batting first against a lefty. Christian Walker played well. He had a home run. He batted fifth for the D backs. And Wilmer Flores Flores was batting third. Uh, The Arizona Diamondbacks lineup is bad, folks. So, you know, if you're not thinking about it already, they're definitely uh, a lineup that you're probably going to want to stream some pitchers against. Uh, There's just nobody that really sends shivers down your spine. Uh, there anymore. Max Muncie batted cleanup for the Dodgers, Cody Bellinger at sixth, with his, which is kind of interesting uh, against Zach Granke. Kike Hernandez had a great day batting seventh, two home runs. Uh Kike with the additional playing time now that he has been announced as the starter or at least for the Dodgers, the guy who's gonna get the most playing time at second base. You know, everything looks really, really good with Kike and obviously he started off well. Uh, major warning signs for Zach Granke. He got lit up obviously his fastball was down to 88.5 miles per hour. And I think even more concerning, he only got five swinging strikes on 82 pitches, including only one swinging strike on his slider. So um, that is definitely something to monitor because there were signs of slippage last year for Granke. uh, And those, um, those, you know, he's going to be under a ton of uh, scrutiny or not scrutiny, but just pay really close attention to him. This is going to be uh, devastating for his owners who drafted him as you know an SP2 or SP1. If this continues again, it's just one game against a very good lineup uh, for the Dodgers. Uh, Astros versus Rays. Uh, Michael Brantley batting cleanup with Carlos Correa on the mend, um, turning over to the Rays. Austin Meadows batted first, Fam second, Choi um, uh, third with Brandon Lowe in the cleanup spot. Yandy Diaz also playing with Matt Duffy. Uh, on the DL. Although you know it's it's unclear who's gonna man uh third base uh once Duffy does come back. Kevin Kiermaier batting eighth, not necessarily a surprise, but just something uh to note there um, for him and and his value. Since I know a lot of folks were relying on him for kind of stolen bases and and maybe some late value in drafts. Blake Snell uh, suffered at the hands of the long ball. Uh, nothing terrible though. You know at least. Uh, From a skills perspective, 11 swinging strikes on 91 pitches. Not his best performance, but not anything to worry about. He only threw 35 fastballs, which I think is encouraging uh, because his off-speed stuff is just nasty. The Astros lineup is really good. So again, this is probably one of the hardest matchups he's going to have all season. And then Justin Verlander, wow. 23 swinging strikes on 102 pitches. That is nasty against a pretty deep uh, raised lineup there. So anybody who is concerned... About Verlander, um, you know, that seems to be uh, in the rearview mirror, at least now. Again, it's one game. Anything can change. I'll continue to throw that caveat in there. Cubs against the Rangers. Alberto uh, Almora uh, was batting leadoff versus a lefty, which was pretty interesting. And then Delino De Shields at the top of the lineup uh, with Shinsu Chu on the bench against a lefty. So that is just something uh Interesting to monitor, especially for Chew owners, if he's going to be sitting against lefties, you know, that is certainly going to whittle away his value. Um, Definitely monitor that in terms of playing time. And then to Shields, if he is regularly at the top of that lineup, uh, he could be a really nice uh, late round bargain just with the speed that he's going to provide. So Very interesting there. DeShields has also been a decent OBP guy in the past, and so that's something uh, that's also nice um, right there. Uh, John Lester, you know, uh, nothing special to write home about. His fastball was under 90 miles per hour. Uh, Mike Miner, you know, I thought there was some interesting stuff with him. Definitely worked the fastball a little bit higher uh, in the zone than usual. Um, He was, uh, you know, he lost out on uh, a couple runs when... uh, um, Jesse Chavez gave up a home run to Baez. It was either one or two runs. He got a little bit unlucky. If you watched uh, the game minor, um, uh, he led off uh, Anthony Rizzo with a high fastball in the zone, clearly in the zone. uh, That was called a ball. Uh, He ended up walking Rizzo. He got strike uh, one on the second pitch. Just a very different at-bat as a result of that call. Ended up walking him, gets yanked, uh, and then Chavez gives up. Uh, the home run, uh, Tobias, who, who was nasty uh, today, um, you know, uh, yeah, that's about it there, A's versus Angels, uh, Gro- Robbie Grossman batting leadoff, uh, interesting there, Pinder was in versus a right-handed pitcher, but one thing to note is that Bob Melvin indicated that Kendris Morales uh, was going to split time with Jurickson Profar at first base. So that likely scenario, since Morales is much better from the left-hand side, is that Morales will play first base against right-handed pitchers, moving Profar over to second base, and so that just raises a question for me about whether Chad Pinder's going to lose time at second base or maybe whether he bumps Grossman out of the outfield. Uh, just something to note and to consider uh, moving forwards. Andrelton Simmons was in the cleanup spot today, uh, which is pretty interesting, but hitting after Justin Bohr, who was right behind Mike Trout with Cole Calhoun uh, batting uh, leadoff. Nothing special with the pitchers. Uh, fires, You know, nothing to write home about in terms of the swinging strike rate. Uh, neither for uh, Trevor Cahill. There was nothing special, not one of his uh, best performances. Um, about a 10% swinging strike right there. Padres versus Giants. Uh, Franmil Reyes batting cleanup and no Hunter Renfro against a lefty. Manuel Margot was in center. Uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. batting sixth. Uh, Steven Duggar uh, led off uh, for the Giants, followed by Brandon Belt. Uh, Buster Posey was at cleanup. The ju- The Giants have a horrendous lineup. I mean, if there's anything that you got out of looking at lineups today, it's just that there's a lot of bad lineups out there, uh, folks. And so look to be streaming uh, pitchers against the Giants for sure. Mad Benham looked really good. 16 swinging strikes on 92 pitches. Really good for him. His cutter usage was up a little bit. Uh, Something to monitor, I think, even more important than that is that he was not throwing his four-seam fastball, which had been getting shredded last year. He did throw a sinker, which, you know, according to, you know, what I looked at, he has not uh, been throwing in the past. So I don't know if that's correct or not, but that's a really interesting development for Mad Bum. Obviously, a lot of folks, myself included, down on him. It is still the Padres. It is still the Padres. I believe Mad Bum had a really good game against the Padres last year, too. So I'm still not buying into Mad Bum. Um, You know, and obviously offenses will adjust if they see that he's not throwing the four-seam fastball. But, you know, at least one good start for Madbum, though, again, the Giants' office is so terrible. Eric Lauer was not particularly good. Only five swinging strikes on 70 pitches, but he was going against the Giants, and so not much of a concern about uh, inducing contact there. Indians versus Twins. Leonis Martin was at leadoff. Uh, In a surprise, Tyler Naquin batted third with Jake Bowers batting sixth. Uh, which is a little bit of a bummer as a huge, huge, huge Jake Bowers fan. Uh, him batting sixth instead of in the in the middle of that lineup is a little disappointing, so something to monitor there. Uh, Jose Barrios was nasty, 17 swinging strikes in 96 pitches, looked really good. So did Corey Kluber, 13 swinging strikes in 76 pitches. Uh, One thing to note, he was throwing his sinker more than his four-seam fastball. That sinker was not as good as the four-seam last year, and so that's kind of a little bit of an interesting development there. Marlins versus Rockies. My God, are the Marlins going to be a really bad offensive team this year. No Garrett Hampson for the Rockies, so something of note. Ryan McMahon getting the start against the right-handed pitcher, batting seventh. Garrett Cooper was in the cleanup spot for the Marlins. That's, you know... If you're going to be anywhere in the Marlins lineup, it's there. And Cooper had a really solid spring. uh, Is an intriguing guy there, just based on volume. Uh, Jose Ureña, a guy that I've been big on in the offseason, his velocity was down. It was down during spring training. It remained uh, down uh, uh, today. It was at 94.1 miles per hour on average today. That's down from 95.8 on average last year, so down 1.7 miles per hour. That's huge. For Arrhenia, his velocity was really the calling card for him, uh, limiting solid contact, something that he didn't do super well today. In the last inning, he was also throwing 92. 92- to ninety three with that sinker, so just something to monitor um, you know maybe his velocity will come back up, or maybe there could be something in the background there, maybe an injury. so if he ends up going on the on the DL or the IL, I guess it is now, you know that wouldn't necessarily surprise me and it raises a lot of concerns for me as somebody who has a ton of shares of arenia, just because if the velocity's down, he is not going to be the same type of effective pitcher. Uh, as he has been uh, before, because uh, he's actually been decent the last couple of years. You know, he's got like 350 innings pitched of about a uh, under four ERA, which is definitely something. Uh, and so the good news for Arenia, the little bit of a silver lining, is that he did throw his slider on 37% of pitches, which is up 15 and a half percent from last year. That is his best pitch in terms of swinging strike rate, uh, and you saw that as he had uh, I think 10 or 11 swinging strikes um in his uh, 90 plus pitches and another silver lining the Trevor Story home run had an expected batting average of 240 so uh you know not likely to be a home run in most instances and so a little bit of bad luck there for Aranya, but again overall just some major concerns there Kyle Freeland you know uh pitched quote unquote well because he was going up against the Marlins but only six swinging strikes in 93 pitches um, for Freeland. So, you know, not necessarily convincing, uh, in that respect against a very poor Marlins lineup. Pirates versus Reds, uh, Francisco Cervelli, a guy I'm a big fan of and own in a lot of leagues. He was batting fifth, which I found to be really interesting, uh, in front of, uh, Jung Ho Gung, who was batting sixth. So just something to watch there. I would not be surprised if they switched, swip, if they swapped spots. Uh, with Kung batting 5th and Cervelli batting 6th. But uh, really nice to see there if you own Cervelli. Uh, Yasiel Puig batting 3rd, which I love seeing him there, although he did go 0 for 4, which brought a tear to my eye. Luis Castillo, 14 swinging strikes and 89 pitches. His velocity was at 95.4. He averaged 95.8 last year. So not necessarily where he was when he was in his elite self at 97 two years ago but nice there some really interesting changes in the picks and pitch mix for Castillo though um, his four seam usage was up slightly but his change up usage was up 13% to 39 percent of his pitches um, after 26.4 percent last year and he wasn't he threw one sinker according to StatCast data um, so that is a huge change and that's where all of the bump in the four seam and the change usage went uh, was to um, was by taking away the sinker, so maybe Castillo is getting rid of the sinker this year. That'll be really, really interesting uh, to monitor. Uh, Jamison Tyone ten swinging strikes and eighty six pitches for a really nice rate there. Forty seven percent fastballs, um, you know, which is much lower than uh, what he was during the season. At about, I think he was like fifty four to 56% uh, on his fastballs last year. So that was down, the slider usage was up to 31%. That could be really pivotal for Tyone. He's a guy who's kind of, you know, stuck around at the 11 to 12% swinging strike rate or actually more just like in the 11% range, which is good, but it's not great. It's not like that elite strikeout type pitcher. And so that's one thing where maybe if Tyone uh, fades the fastballs a little bit, increases the slider, Um, And the, um, particularly the, I think it's the curveball or the changeup that has the highest swinging strike rate of his pitches, Uh, whichever one it is, uh, if he increases that usage, that might be beneficial um, in the long haul. But, um, you know, uh, 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 okay, uh, start for Tyone. And then for the Royals versus the White Sox, the last game. Uh, Merrifield batting first, Mondesi, uh batting second. So that was interesting. Uh, and then Schwindel uh, uh, played first base over O'Hearn versus a lefty. And so it looks like O'Hearn uh, may be in a fairly strict platoon uh, in that situation. Uh, nothing too interesting uh, about the White Sox at all. And then for the Royals, obviously a little bit of a mess in the bullpen there towards the end. But Brad Boxberger coming in to close it out. As folks know, that will always make me happy, although I don't have huge expectations there. I don't think Boxberger, by any stretch of the imagination, is the settled-on closer. It'll still be really interesting to see how that goes. And then going back to the Twins game, uh, I should have mentioned this, but um, uh, the save going to Taylor Rogers, who pitched, I believe, one and two-thirds innings, uh, didn't give up any hits, looked really, really good. If Taylor Rogers is the closer there, he was lights out last year. He's obviously a lefty, but um, you know Baldelli went with him in this particular situation, and so it'll be really interesting to monitor if Rogers does get another closing opportunity between now and when Fab runs on the weekend. He is going to be a guy that you should definitely be all over. So that is going to wrap it up for opening day. I just wanted to really quickly go over things that I found interesting and hopefully are helpful to you in your lineups. Uh, I'll continue to try to do this as much as possible. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm pretty uh, pretty tired out uh, over the last couple of weeks with drafts and trying to get podcasts out and uh, work and life and family and things like that, so I'm not sure if I'm gonna be able to get them out every single day, but I will do my best to try to share kind of interesting notes uh, that I see. That is going to wrap us up for episode 68 of the Batflip Crazy Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you found that very quick rundown on lineups and some pitchers uh, helpful um, as we kind of head into the first season. Really, the lineup pieces are critical. Uh, That's all about opportunity, you know, and where you have a combination of opportunity and skills, you generally see nice things happening. So that's definitely something to monitor. Uh, And also, um, you know, with the pitchers, Uh, Taking a look at some of that pitch mix change, the velo changes, I think those are things that you want to be looking at uh, as well. So hope you found that interesting. Definitely will try to have more of these as the week progresses, highlight some other things that I'm finding interesting or player poor performances that I'm finding interesting. You can connect with me on Twitter at batflipcrazy. Website is batflipcrazy.com. Thank you so much for listening. Best of luck with your, the remainder of week one of the season um, for you. Uh, take care and be kind to one another.